Welcome to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion. Every other Wednesday, Adrian, your host, talks to key players in the fashion industry to discover new products and understand the challenges behind offering more responsible fashion and learn the solution available today. This podcast is brought to you by Première Vision, the leading event organizer for fashion professionals. To find out more, go to www.premiervision.com. Discover and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening Smart Creation, the podcast. Today, I am very happy to talk with Francisca Dorman. She's God's representative in Germany, Austria and Switzerland. Hello, Francisca. Hello. How are you? I'm very fine. Thanks a lot. I hope yeah, you are doing well as well. Um, my very first question is, uh, is, could you please introduce yourself? What's your pathway? What brings you to GOATS? And what are you doing at GOATS? Thanks a lot for, um, you gave already a short introduction to myself. So my name is Francisca Dorman. And as you already said, I work as representative for the Global Organic Textile Standard for the countries Germany, Austria and Switzerland. And everybody who's not really familiar with the Global Organic Textile Standard, the BOTS, so you can also use the abbreviation, is the worldwide leading textile processing standard for organic fibers which includes ecological as well as social criteria. And all of this is backed up by independent certification of the entire textile supply chain. And the aim of the standard is to define um, worldwide recognized requirements, of course, that ensure that the certified organic status of textiles, as I already said, along the entire supply chain, provide credible assurance to the end consumer. Maybe it would be interesting to have a bit of, of your background, maybe very first of all. Well, my background is actually not textiles, to be honest. So I'm definitely, well, I'm coming from the side, so to say. Um, I used to study Egyptology and Oriental Philology. And then during some internships, um, I realized that I'm really interested in the concept of sustainability. So it was, first of all, it was the general topic of sustainability. So this was not related specifically to textiles. But then I used to work for a company um, producing already conventional textiles. And this was actually the time as Rana Plaza happened. So, and It was the first time for me working for this company and the same time Rana Plaza happened that I tried or I was aware of, okay, I need to make a linkage to this. That conventional fashion does not work for me because it will end up in such a disaster and catastrophe we have in Rana Plaza. And then I were looking for other opportunities. Okay, where can I um, bring in my interest of sustainability and fashion? And I started working for one of the German pioneers when it comes to um, the production of ecological textiles. And I used to work for them um, for years before I started working for the Global Organic Textile Standard in January 2019. And I'm very happy with this position because it's very challenging especially also in times of COVID. And it brings so much knowledge and I'm with so many interesting people in contact. So it's, it's really great, a great job and a great chance for also building up on my experiences. Just to put a bit of um, perspective, uh, I would love to understand the 
very origin of uh, God's organization. What what is the history of his uh, organization? Uh, when did it started actually, and and how it has evolved over the years uh, up to today? Well, God started. Um, well, everything started with the workshop in two thousand two. So in Düsseldorf. So the workshop was taking place at the so-called Intercot. So and on in this workshop or on this conference, there were involved different partners. So there were already initiatives being interested in organic textiles. Then we talked with them. Um, then there were also certification bodies already involved and all came to the conclusion that if we would like to put organic textiles on a worldwide recognized level, there should be an, yeah, an entirely global organic textile standard. And so the different organizations involved have been, for example, the Soil Association from Great, um, uh, Great Britain, also the Organic Trade Association from the United States. Then there was also the um, IVN, um, International um, uh, Association for Natural um, Textile, Natural Fibers, excuse me, um, from Germany, and also the Japanese Organic Cotton Association. So they were involved into this process and they decided, okay, if we want to have something which is worldwide recognized and can be implemented on a, on a global level, we need to define something which is called a global organic textile standard. And so they signed a working paper or they developed an international working group and they started working in 2006 for the first time. So the first GOTS version, like we have the versions right now, now we are in version six, um, got developed in 2006. Yeah. And yeah, the certification process started as well in 2006. And as far as I know, I remember the, st the statistics quite well. It started with only 27 certified entities, and it's growing since then. And the last press release stated that we have more than 10,000 certified facilities worldwide. And this is definitely something very interesting and also something which makes me very happy because now you can see that different Partners, involved stakeholders, like the industry, of course, are really interested in getting certified and getting the supply chain transparent on the ecological as well as on the social um, criteria level. What are the fibers you are certifying? Um, because, I mean, goods for me, it's it's mainly cotton, but uh, I, 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 uh, I've seen some uh, wool, for example, uh, which was uh, certified uh, goods. Uh, what are the, the, all the fibers you are certifying? Well, first of all, it's very important that we are not really certifying on the field, so to say, because on the field we rely on so-called um, organic accredited um, bio standards, for example, the standards from the IFWAM, family of standards, so the International Federation of Organic Agriculture Movement. And yes, it is completely right that most people say, okay, God's is cotton. But we are talking about any organic certified natural fiber. So you are completely right that there's also something with wool. But of course, it's a very slow percentage. But we can also go into linen, we can go into hemp, 
we have the possibility to talk about cashmere and we can also talk about silk as natural fibers. But of course, a huge amount is still organic cotton. Yeah. Actually, what does it mean, uh, organic? I mean, what is a, what is a bio source uh, uh, material? Well, organic cotton means, for example, if we go for organic cotton, if we say, okay, we, let's talk about organic cotton, it means that there's no involved chemicals or pesticide, pesticides using on the failed field. Because normally, you know, maybe you are already familiar with the fact that conventional cotton demands a lot of pesticides and herbicides. This is something completely forbidden in organic um, cultivation. Then we also talk about crop rotation. So it means that um, one season you have cotton, the other season we talk about um, other crops. So that you still guarantee that there's a fertilization of the um, of the soil, because normally in conventional cotton you still have the big problem that if you only go for conventional cotton every year and every season again, so the soil is completely not fertile anymore and it will not keep any water. So you need even to water more than, for example, you have to do this in organic cotton. And organic cotton is also hand-picked. So just to give a few high advantages of using organic cotton. So it is good for you having this on the skin in the end and also for the farmers who are growing the organic cotton. To what extent it's satisfying social social aspects of the business? Well, it is very important to emphasize that we talk about ecological aspects as well as social aspects, as you already said, because of the social aspects, we definitely, of course, rely on the um, core um, norms of the International Labour Organization. So we are talking about there's no child labor allowed. There's the right to um, get engaged into trade unions. There is the right that your um, working place is safe. So Then there's also the right, um, just to, to mention a few, that there's no gender-based violence involved, so that there's also a requirement for, this is something new we have right now in, uh, in the version 6, which got released last year and is in place since the 1st of um, March. So all certified entities now have to, um, to close the gap between the um, wage they are paying at the moment and the living wage. So we talk about the so-called living wage gap. So they will have to define it and then they will to um, will have to um, implement measurements to get over this gap in the future. So because this is also a very important aspect so that we are that people in this industry industry receive a living wage for the work they are doing because we are still we are not talking about Robots, they are still people doing our clothes, although they are completely cheap. So I just recently, yesterday, I saw a, a documentary about fast fashion. So, yeah. The famous one. Um, what is, the, for example, what is the gap between, uh, between the standard of living and the, and the wages um, right now in, the, in, in different countries? I mean, in the fashion producing countries, is, it, is there a, a very big gap or what, what, how much are we talking about? Well, I can't give you any figures to that. So because I was, um, this is something I'm not really familiar with um, at the moment. But um, well, in, in some, in, for got certified companies, it's not a very big gap because you are already forced and obliged if you would like to get certified that you at least have to pay the minimum wage anyways. So below, you won't get certified anyways. 
but still a minimum wage and a living wage could be a difference. So people or certified entities are forced and obliged to get over this gap. Yeah. All right. Um, how do you get certified actually? Uh, can you explain us the, the process of certification? How long does it take? How much does it cost? Um, and I've got some more questions afterward. Well, if you are interested in getting certified, so it is very important to clarify that the standard holder, so I'm part of the standard holder, I'm not involved into the certification process. So this is something that is also very important that we talk about independent third-party certification So we have accredited independent certification bodies who are responsible for the certification process. So in case a company, we can talk about a manufacturer or someone who's involved into vet processing, since we are talking about the entire supply chain, in case they are interested in getting certified, most likely they are getting, for example, for the German speaking area, they are getting in contact with me. And then I can say, okay, you will have to get in contact with one of our certification bodies. So, and then they are getting in contact with them. So to, um, to get an offer. So, and the prices approximately you can, it's an average is between 1,300 and 3,000 euros per year per certification because it's an annual recertification. And then the um, company will have to pay 150 euros license fees to the standard holder. So this is for us. So, But the bigger amount of money goes to the certification body who is going responsible um, for the entire certification process. I understand how does it work, but what what does it um, what does it mean and what does it ensure to all players in the value chain? For example, I'm I'm thinking about the um, well the field. You say that you don't cover this, but uh, for example, for for the spinner, for the weaver, for the confection uh, manufacturer, for the brand, for the retailer, for the consumer, what does this certification ensure, and how do you make sure that everything is respected at all level? Well, first of all, it's very important to have in mind that God's that you're only well. GOTS requires a certification along the entire supply chain to make any reference on an end product being GOTS certified. So I'll give you an example. Um, you can buy, of course, GOTS certified fabrics. So, But if you process such fabrics, for example, you are making a t-shirt out of it and you as a manufacturer or someone who's working in a sewing company is not certified, you are not allowed to make any reference to it. And this will be, of course, checked with so-called scope certificates and transaction certificates. So the scope certificates mean the respective entity, company, can produce or manufacture or process according to God's rules. And the transaction certificate is the proof that God-certified fabrics or whatever is being produced in the God's supply chain um, um, is listed on a so-called transaction certificate. So this is actually the proof. So without a scope certificate and without transaction certificates, you don't have any proof that something is got certified. So this is something you always need to request. And this is also something which will be always checked from the certification body. For example, in case you get a recertification or, so, or you are getting certified, the certification body always requires to see everything related to your GOTS, uh, for example, your GOTS um, certified fabrics, if you are in manufacturers, for example. 
So you will have to deliver all the scope certificates from from the supplier you are buying and also the transaction certificates so that the that everyone can see okay we are talking about this amount of bought got certified um, fabrics for example and um for example if i'm a brand and i want to to put this uh, this guts logo on my uh, on my t-shirt or on my sweat i will have to be able to um, to to prove that everything from the field uh, from the field or from the to my company that everybody has been certified and i've got the i've got the paper to show it to the to the certification organ right um more or less so this is actually something which makes gots very um applicable also for small brands for example in case a small brand is buying um got certified t-shirts so they don't need to prove the scope certificates or the transaction certificates until the field, for example. Because they know when the T-shirt is already with the logo inside, they know that each step before was already got certified because otherwise there would not have been any logo inside. So they only need to check the so-called scope certificate and transaction certificate from their last client or last supplier in this case. And then they are assured, okay, everything in the got supply chain was already got before and certified accordingly because otherwise there would not have been any transaction certificate and of course no scope certificate and no logo at all. It looks like goods is, is Uh, the leader now in the in the fashion industry um, and there is, there is other certification I'm, I'm thinking about RWS for example for, for the wool standards but I don't see that much actually how do you explain the success of uh, this organization? Well indeed we are the worldwide um, leading standard when it comes to textile processing and I think the success is definitely related to the fact that there is a sh mind shift so that the industry is very interested in getting the supply chain transparent. So this is the first step of success, I would say. So because in case a company is not really familiar with their supply chain until now, especially also if we consider the time, time of Corona and COVID-19 at the moment, I think you are not part of the game, as at least in a, in a, in a, in a certain bubble, so to say. Of course, we still have fast fashion, but even they are trying to be sustainable in a certain way. Then, of course, there's a shift um, at the side of the end consumer. So the end consumer demands trade, uh, transparency. The consumer demands that something is um, ecological and socially fairly produced. And it, of course, a lot of companies using GOTS as a so-called risk management tool. So there are still a couple of companies, they are not got certified in the end, but they are already using GOTS as a risk management tool to have a transparent supply chain because we cover the entire supply. You have, of course, standards saying, okay, there are no chemicals involved, but you don't know what is happening along the supply chain. Then you have a standard, okay, they are um, guaranteed that there is a fair production of the cotton. But of course, GOTS is the standard which covers the entire supply chain and this is something very important for companies to know and using this as a risk management tool. Is, is a brand can be can become a, a brand a, an apparel brand can become got certified or it's only the products that can be uh, got certified no even a brand can get got certified so i know a lot of brands getting got certified so um each processing step so we can talk about um weaving spinning We can talk about that processor, a manufacturer, and even retailer and brands are getting got certified. 
So, but for a retailer, for example, it's a voluntary certification because in the end, they are working together with God certified supplier and they are getting delivered already God certified labeled and packed um, end products. And they are selling those end products only to the end consumer. And in this case, they don't need to be God certified. So because in this case, the logo is, for example, from their last um, supplier. Well, for example, um, in, in Germany, the big retailer um, yeah, Aldi is not certified, but they are selling God certified end products. So for a retailer, this is a voluntary option. Yeah. For example, if I'm a brand or a retailer, sorry, and I'm selling a God certified product in cotton, in wool, etc. If I sell some uh, some some uh, some product made in, into polyester or into not natural fibers, uh, is it um, is it um, will I get the certification or not? Well, you will get a certification because even it is possible. For example, you can get God certified, and you have only maybe a couple of samples, a couple of textiles being got, and then you. You also have something which is conventional, but still the entire company will be checked according to God's. And it doesn't matter if you sell a couple of stuff, um, even with polyester, for example, 100% polyester, which is definitely not allowed in God's. But during the certification process, and of course, during the entire year, you will have to make sure that there is a separation between the products so that there's no contamination and that there's nothing to exchange. So you will have to make sure that one of the products is definitely marked with God certified and the conventional stuff, for example, is somewhere else in the warehouse. Yeah. So there is definitely a clear cut and separation needed for conventional and God certified products. What makes God certification stronger than any other certification? Well, what I already were trying to explain, it is definitely very strong when it comes to ecological and social standards. And of course, that we are talking about the entire supply chain. So not only parts. Of course, it's definitely nice if you work with organic cotton. But if you just go for a company or a sweatshop and kids are producing your t-shirt, then it doesn't, it doesn't really, it's not really worthy to talk about organic cotton. <laughs> so in my understanding, it is very important to have a holistic approach towards sustainability and towards transparency along the entire supply chain. And this makes GOTS very strong and also taking into consideration, this is not a certification you get it once and then you are fine for the next couple of years. No, you need an annual recertification And of course, it is a it is a on-site inspection. Of course, in times of COVID, we were switching to virtual audits because there were no visits, site visits possible. But if we go out of times of COVID, hopefully sure, um, hopefully quite um, soon, then a Scott certification requires always on-site certification and on-site visits. So the certification or the auditor in this case will come to your company and will check everything on site. How many, uh, uh, approximately how many, how many brands are certified? How many? Well, I cannot divide the number, to be honest, because 10,000 means that we are talking about 10,000 facilities and we are talking about top gain countries, which are like Bangladesh and India. And here we are less talking about brands, but there's also an increase of um, retailer getting got certified. And this is more for the German-speaking part, so it's my part. And there are, for example, Marco Polo is got certified. I'm not sure if you know them, so they are quite a big player. Then Armed Angels is one of the pioneers already in the field. They are even they are also got certified and very successful in doing that. 
So, but I can't give you real numbers um, who of the brands has um, got certified. So, but it is definitely an increasing market as well. And also from Austria and also Switzerland, I get inquiries um, being interested in getting got certified. So even in times of COVID, uh, this was more, well, how can I call it? Is um, a censure to a certain extent. So they figured out during this times, okay, if we want to survive and get through this crisis, we need to be more transparent, working closer with our suppliers. So it was definitely a push. It was a push for the certification and it was a push for um, GOTS, which makes me very happy and proud. Yeah, you, you've seen a grow in the in the in the applicant. Um, yes, you've seen yeah. A, yeah, definitely since the COVID situation. What is your view on this uh, growing craze of uh, for for a committed and sustainable fashion? Uh, uh, it looks like it's really started a few a few years ago. I mean, um, maybe one year ago when the, this COVID situation started. Um, what's your What's your view? Is have you think? Do you think it's a long term uh, um, shift in, in in the in the fashion industry? Well, I really hope for a long-term shift, and I think it is already a long-term shift, to be honest. So, of course, there are tons of definitions of sustainability, and a lot of companies are working with so-called self-claims. So, they are having fancy sustainability marketing reports, but there's nothing to prove on that. So, it's just, okay, I spend a lot of money to have fancy pictures But what is behind that? And this is also something why is God so um, successful? Because this is a third-party independent certification. Um, and on the other side, you have self-claims. And if you can give proof with a certification, it is definitely more reliable than just talking and you cannot give a proof on that. So I think this is definitely sustainability and sustainable sustainable fashion is definitely something um, which is um, which is not um, how to say a trend anymore. So it is definitely more. So it is a shift, and we are going into a new era. I really hope for that because I think there is no other way to um, to get well to cope with what is happening in the world when it comes to ecological um, aspects of climate change, ETC. Or, or can the fashion industry um, go even further when it comes to, to sustainable revolution? Um... Well, I think what is very important, especially also for the sustainability fashion bubble, is to get out of this bubble and that all relevant stakeholders and also target groups work together and learn to collaborate towards a more common sustainable future as such. It is very nice that we have a very decent bubble of people involved in the sustainability um, or in the eco-fashion bubble, but we need to grow out of it and convince and get more stakeholders involved. So I'm talking of Of course, the, the bigger industry getting involved, but also NGOs, but also um, maybe even more governments to make it to come from, yeah, well, to get out of a voluntary to make it more when it so that it comes to maybe law. So that something is um, an obligation when it comes to sustainability um, and stuff like this, so that all stakeholders really collaborate and talk to each other. So. We have different bubbles and those different bubbles need to be more connected. 
Um, let's put ourselves in the foots of a, of a young designer, of a young entrepreneur starting a business in, in fashion. Um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this podcast uh, are facing this issue because uh, when sourcing some new products um, uh, and sourcing some fabric or sourcing uh, an atelier or, or a manufacturer to, uh, to, for the confection of your products, um, it's actually... Less and less difficult, but it's still difficult to find um, a God-certified fabric uh, uh, or to find um, to find a, a manufacturer uh, that is that is that is God-certified. As you said, the cost to become God-certified is not that expensive. I mean, uh, we are talking about uh, a few thousand, one thousand between 1,000 and 3,000, right? Um, yes, exactly. So it's 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 not very much a matter of. Uh, of cost, I mean, uh, a manufacturer or a spinner can afford it. Uh, what 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 should the young designer who doesn't have much power um, tell to their supplier to 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 make them choose <laughs> to go for God certification? Well, first of all, as a young de young designer, if you're looking for um, suppliers um, who are God certified, of course, you can always go for our public database. So um, if you are if you start your business, for example, because we have a public database on, on our website and all certified entities are listed there. So, for example, if you're looking for a manufacturer in Portugal, you will find someone over there. So that's that's definitely something I can recommend. So then what is also in my opinion of interest um, is the fact choose the right fabrics to work with. So because this entire thing around recycled polyester is something I'm not really convinced. So in my opinion, this is not the way to go. But of course, this is my opinion. Because if we end up in producing PET bottles to recycle them, to have recycled polyester, uh, well, this, well, there is no closed loop for me in the end. And... Um, Of course, if you have a supplier already and the supplier is not interested in God so far, so maybe you can work together on that so that you get him to get certified according to God's. Because I know this this is something, of course, for big brands. They have already strong relationships with their supplier. So and they of course they don't want to skip those relationships. So they are trying to go the way together so they will support the suppliers in getting got certified so before they are getting got certified so this is a, a part of teamwork towards a holistic approach and get the entire supply chain got certified i think we should move to the quick rapid fire uh, quick okay. rapid fire question uh, because we've been talking for more than half an hour already um, what what do you I want to what do you want to close <laughs> no, no, it's fine. What do you want to close the door to in our industry? Well, well between the lines, <laughs> polyester definitely is one of, well, even viscosis, to be honest. Um, no, what I would like to close the door to in our industry and um, also the industry as such is, as I already was trying to explain between the lines, is uh, fancy self-claims without any real asset for end consumers. So instead, save the money to really improve your supply chain. So, yeah. So get a certification, get a reliable certification. Yeah. 
where do you look at to get inspired in uh, in whatever industry do you look at um, and how do you stay ahead of, of the game? Well, I would like to give an answer to all the questions more or less because um, I get inspired by the constant exchange with the industry and also NGOs and this is more or less makes it uh, sure that we stay ahead of the game because you need the exchange when it comes to social standards, for example. So sometimes maybe we are not ahead of the game But for example, the uh, the living wage. So it was something that was more or less approached to us by NGOs. So it is definitely very important to collaborate and to exchange with different stakeholders in the process to, yeah, to improve. So it's a constant process. Also, God's it's not a it's not a static standard. We can always improve, and this is important with exchange and other stakeholders. Yeah. Uh, what is the last piece of clothes you bought? Well, in this case, very boring. I bought a jeans, 100 organic cotton, but it is, yeah, compostable. <laughs> so there's nothing in Great. this jeans. So I can just throw it into the garden in the end. <laughs> wow. What yeah. is the brand of this uh, of this uh, jean? Of this jeans? Yeah. Or what? Um, it's closed official. Yeah. So uh, they, yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much. Uh, and who is the personality you would like to listen to in this podcast? Well, actually, I'm excited for everyone you are going to interview after me or you have been already interviewing. So there's no one specifically because I think there are a lot of voices in the industry that need to be heard. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, how can we get in contact with you? Uh, where should we look at to get uh, <laughs> to get certified, uh, to get got certified? <laughs> Well, of course, you can check on our website, so uh, global-standard.org. So, and also, if you go to um, staff, general staff, then you will find also representatives in the different regions, because it's, of course, not only me being a God's representative. So, I have colleagues in China, in Turkey, so, and wherever you are looking for um, for help, you can get in contact with those um, very nice and very competent colleagues. And well, and if you're from the German-speaking area, you can get in contact with me. So there are always email addresses where you can get in contact with us. Perfect. Thank you so much, uh, Francisca. Have a nice day and uh, hope to see you soon uh, at uh, Première Vision uh, at some point when uh, when everything will be will get in order. That would be very nice because I have never been to Première Vision until now. So this would be a great opportunity to meet in real life again after such a long time. Thanks a lot Definitely. for having me. S speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast till the end. If you want to support this initiative, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you follow. Just click on the subscribe button, rate it five stars, and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to share the podcast on your favorite social media. Thank you for listening to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion.